Okay, I haven't even told you guys this yet, but I got an email about an hour, no, an hour and a half ago, <laughs> and this is what it said. From? Uh, I won't say that just yet. <laughs> this is hilarious. Okay. Okay, this is the things that were listed. Purple Rain Deluxe is coming out. It'll be a two-CD set. One of them's the remastered album. The second disc is remastered outtakes. The movie's going to be reissued. Two DVD set. First disc, the remastered movie. The second disc will be that August 1983 concert. In quality, you can't even believe. All the Warner Brothers albums will be released as remasters. As Same thing. Two disc sets. Same deal. Remastered album and outtakes on the second disc. And it's all done by Bernie Grundman, who who is the man to do those things. And there definitely will be a Prince and the Revolution show to commemorate the 30-year anniversary of Purple Rain. And there will be a full <laughs> world tour in the second half of 2014, including Australia. No. Near the top of that list. No. And there will be a new solo Prince album out in the next, like, six weeks. Basically, the best tracks he's recorded over the last five years. This album is going to blow your head off. And lastly of all, last of all, this is the dream I had last night. No. You bastard. You are a bastard. Why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? It's just like a story chest of ideas. Either version, I love both versions. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Peach and Black podcast. We're all here, back again, to talk about things direct into your ear. And joining me on the show are the Peach and Black panel. It is Player. Turn up the cowbell. Toe Jam. Captain's breaking me down, down, down. (laughs) And you bastard, Captain. That is the best start to any episode of this show ever. (laughs) I've still got the Kleenex out. I'm wiping wiping my eyes. From all the salty residue. <laughs> Terrible. Ter- I have not recovered from that. <laughs> anyway, let's get this show on the road, hey? After <laughs> Captain's insinuating plans for 2014, let's talk about some of the things that actually might end up happening. <laughs> <laughs> that might that, The things that have even a, a slight chance of actually occurring in the real world, Captain... <laughs> And some of the things that have happened over the last 12 to 18 months that we might not have spoken about. So it'll be a little bit all over the place, listeners. Uh, don't expect too much structure and logic to today's <laughs> conversation. Yeah, we're not we're not known for that. <laughs> <laughs> so why start now? Look, there's so much going on in the Prince world. We were going to do another review, uh, and we will review the few albums that are remaining. But for now, we thought, let's get together and talk about all things Prince and Prince-related from possible new albums to new songs here and there, performances, appearances, potential rumblings from the Paisley Park camp, and lots more good stuff. But I think the biggest thing, without a doubt, seems to be this news that is now a little bit old, the Warner Brothers deal, if you can call it that. Warner uh, Brothers? <laughs> That's right. So this, this Warner Brother arrangement... It's big news. So many people have written about it and spoken about it. So what are we going to add to the conversation, guys? Hit it. <laughs> what I'll say is I still don't think it's actually been confirmed whether, in air quotes, the remasters, if that just applies to Purple Rain or the entire back catalogue. I still don't think that's been confirmed. Or is, did I miss something? No, I think you're right. It, no, it, it's not clarified. A, it just haven't spoken yeah, he's about it. He's acquired the masters of the entire back catalogue, but nothing about releasing all of them. Thus far, it's only just 
Purple Rain that's getting the remaster treatment. Yeah, just from what I've been reading, that's been my thought too. It's like, well, hang on, what what exactly is this deal? So there's some something. There's been some deal made, but the details seem sketchy and different between what you're reading and I don't know. It's all up in the air. One thing that I did read was that a new album will come out through Warner Brothers as well. Whether that's a Prince album or a Prince and Third Eye Girl or whatever it's going to be, I'm sure I read there is a new album coming out on Warner's, which will be a good thing. Well, actually, on that, there's so many possibilities. It'd be like, uh, you know, an NPG horn-based album, like the Big City sample that came out, or it could be a Plectrum Electrum kind of thing, or it could be a Prince solo thing, like 3121 or something. So, like, the, the possibilities are endless in terms of what this new album is going to be. Or it could be another three-disc set, including all three of those. I don't know. I think I think Prince likes these triple release things, like yeah. Emancipation. I'm going to risk a, a three-disc set, and I've always wanted to do it, and and he likes these multi-package things. And so I wouldn't be surprised if it's, like, a three-package thing where you get the Purple Rain remaster, the Prince album, and the Third Eye Girl thing. Yeah. Like, and it's sort of like the, you know, the, the Shaka Khan. The new power pack. New power pack. That's right. So yes. something like that, where it's like, you know, something old, something new, and something rock, you know. I don't I don't uh, see how that's going to work, considering that the Purple Rain remaster is going to come as a singles disc and a deluxe edition double disc. Is that confirmed, yeah. is it? Oh, n- nothing's ever confirmed. You know what the, the issue with doing that is, though, that it, it becomes a bit hodgepodge to me. Like... I would really be disappointed if he released a conglomeration of albums in, in a triple city jewel case. He's the new Prince project. I would love to see a strip down one album. Here it is. Boom. Here's four years worth of material. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Warners will let him release three. That was all that, where the issue stemmed from in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Too much output. You know, crystal ball, cut it down a certain times, you know. It'd be interesting if they let him release three CDs, but... You know, like going by history, I don't think it'll it'll happen. Nah, it'll be it'll be a single disc, I reckon. Who knows what it's going to be though? But one of the main benefits, though, if he, you know, he's back with Warner Brothers and he releases an album, you know, they'll actually do the work which he can't be bothered to do, which is do all the promotion and, you know, it'll get played on the radio more than for more than a few days. As long as Prince comes really? to the party, he can go on. You know, he can go on Letterman, he can go on Jimmy Fallon, he can do all those things which do you, normal uh, people do. Do you really he, think that's going to happen? I don't. But again, that's that's the dream. Because if he's putting out an album through Warners, they're going to promote it. That's that's the deal, right? They promote it, they distribute it. He might have some deal where he says, well, fine, but I'm not going to do any promotion at all. <laughs> which sounds totally believable to me. But you'd hope that he'd do some. Even if he just went on one show and did one song. It'd be something. It is. That would be something, but it's not really promotion. I mean, I don't know. I, I So many people, say, a lot of music journalists and people in the industry now say that the album's dead, that the promotions, you know, even the promotability of a lot of music is, is dying, and there's just so much music out there. I, I don't know that, it, that this is really... That going back with a major label for distribution and promotion is such a massive deal. I don't... I think the Masters is the big thing, but what they're going to do for him... You know, like, this is, we're talking eight years after 3121, which Universal promoted, or they didn't even promote, they distributed. Yeah. And that didn't blow up. I mean, yeah, sure, because of the timing, it got a very good chart position when it was first released, but then it kind of dwindled again. And it's very rare, you know, outside of, you know, Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines, uh, Pharrell's um, Happy, or um, Daft Punk's Get Lucky, and the... (laughs) When you think about, by the way, just as a side note, that that's one man really behind those three songs <laughs> mm. recently is is absolutely ridiculous, but that's another conversation. But outside of things like that or, you know, a hit here or there by Pitbull or by Fun or by some, you know, up-and-coming, you know, in-the-moment hyped-up band, no one's selling records, no one's promoting albums. It's not really that sort of industry anymore. The market's not even there, so... I would argue that if Prince had the same sort of backing he had from Warner Brothers in 84, 85, he wouldn't be necessarily hitting the airwaves. And oh. Anyway, I'm going on a rant for a little bit here. but No, well, it's an interesting question is what is it that Warner Brothers can actually do for him in this market? Like, you know, Beyonce's 
thing that came out a couple of weeks ago. That was that was pretty massive. I, I don't you know I'm not I don't really follow it. But what was it like a big album video thing? Yeah, it was. And that it was unannounced. Sold. No one knew that was coming. Yeah, and it sold pretty well. So yeah, it did. Yeah, but okay, Beyonce is is bigger than Prince right now by a long stretch. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't expect Prince to reach that, but it it goes to show that there is some potential there. I don't know. I think it's. A, I don't know how much. How much. I guess what I'm saying is, if it's done right, there are ways to sort of, you know, you know, create a market from a, a well-organized promotion. I still disagree with what MC just said, though. Saying I don't think there's a market. I don't think there's a market for Prince. David Letterman, Jimmy Fallon, Conan, all these shows. Every single musical guest that goes on those shows every single night, they're there with the sole reason of promotion, either a single or an album. Don't say yeah. they don't go on those shows to promote things anymore. Yeah, but okay, okay, okay. That is but a huge check this industry. Out. It's it, no, it dep- but it still depends who you are. Liv Warfield goes on all those shows, right? I guarantee you that her album sales may have increased and her website's visits may have increased as a since those appearances, but I also guarantee you that it wasn't mind-blowing. So she would have most likely noticed the difference to her web hits and the people talking about her and potentially some support at her live shows. Surely that would have all gone up, educated guess. But no way is she creating um, the same sort of waves as you know, a Bruno Mars or a Jesse J or any number of all these other people that are being... See, because the, the point I'm making is this. The, 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 the commercial music market is what? 13 to 20-year-olds predominantly, something like that, right? The, these people, people, these kids and teenagers predominantly are talking about music in a different way. They listen to it in a different way. They, a lot of the times, discover it completely online through a blog or a forum or iTunes or something. And it's about who... A lot of the times it's about who your friends are listening to. But it's not the same sort when we were younger, not to say that we're particularly old, but you know, even fifteen years ago, when we were really into prints and even you know long longer ago than that, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but it was really about the love of the music itself, right? Sure there was a community and your mates listened to this, that and the other, but it wasn't like you got a SMS you got a, a, a group message on WhatsApp with a link saying, check this out. Isn't this awesome? LOL, smiley face. And then it, <laughs> the shit goes viral. Yeah. That stuff yeah, no, that's not, that's not now, how things operate. <laughs> exactly. And, and now, <laughs> and now it's, compl- it's a completely different world. It's not even about the music. It's about the clothes that these people are wearing. It's about what the artist said on Twitter. It's about... The, the dance they did on a talk show, it's about some stupid thing they said on a radio show or on a blog or, or, or what the shirt, what kind of shirt they were wearing and what, what political message or what, what, um, new catchphrase, you know, that they throw around or, and I, don't know. I, think, I, I think it's always, I think it's always been that. It's always been, you know, the commercial stuff at the top, but underneath that, there's always people discovering, you know, more in depth stuff like i teach at one high school and you know the kids there are, sh- are talking to me about artists that i've never heard of they're not on the radio they're like have you heard of this and i'm like no you know and it's often some like death metal thing or something but like you know there is there is an underground culture of people who love exactly. music for the sake of music it's an underground culture and it's always yeah. been there you're right yeah and but it's underground and i've always found artists like prince they're not even when he had his massive big hits in the 80s and everything like he was always an underground artist. I, no in my way. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. How no, would he, say his main more cult. It's like a exactly. Cult, more yeah. Artists, yeah. He had Vince... a period from he had a period from eighty two to eighty seven, eighty eight, where he was, you know, okay, he's the the pop star. But I mean, the overwhelming majority of his career, he's been underneath all that, and he's been sort of he sort of implies that fine line between the two. Yeah. Yeah, but the majority of career his career from a impact. Uh, visibility and and record sales and even tours tour sales point of view or exposure point of view was the eighty two to eighty eight period. So really, when you think about it, what's the difference between Counting Crows or I don't know? I'm just thinking of I names have right no now. No idea like, what we're even talking about anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know what is going what's on. You there? <laughs> I don't know what is happening. 
We're talking about Prince's new album and supposedly, you know, what difference it makes, whether Warner Brothers or any other big commercial organization, is what difference it's going to make to the impact it has on the landscape. And all I'm yeah. saying is Prince will have next to no impact on the, on, the, on the musical landscape because it's not a musical landscape anymore. It's that's, a that's celebrity landscape. About. That's what I'm talking this about. This started off as surely, surely. what can Warners do for him? As, exactly. I mean, what can they do for him? We do not know the details of this deal. Okay, nothing, but what can they do for him? Nothing has been announced. What can they do for him if he isn't LOLing and coming up with cool catchphrases and saying <laughs> stupid shit on talk shows? What can they well, actually do for him? I think what they can do for him, you know, if he's been managing himself, essentially, like he always has these managers, inverted commas, but, you know, he's essentially been managing himself. And I think the big difference is that Warners will have access to more high-profile pro- high publicists, which, you know, can get him on, not that he can't get onto shows and stuff like that, but maybe more of a, a planned... Thing. Put some thought into an actual promotion exactly. campaign, yeah. Exactly. More like the last time. Okay, ahead. but what are you going to be promoting? What are you going to be promoting? Whatever it is, he's. he's but Tojam, whatever he's going to be coming out with this year, we know more or less what it's going to be. What more or less what kind of music it's going to be? He's not going to be featuring any artists on the track. So, so there goes the featuring credit and, 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 and the mega hype that most artists these days that are successful and commercially successful and pushed by record labels, the, 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 half the reason they get out there is because it's featuring Pitbull or featuring Kesha or featuring this, that or the other. He doesn't have any of that. He doesn't collaborate with anyone, okay? None of his music sounds anything remotely close to what people are doing at the moment. Like, it Janelle, doesn't have to. No, no, but the, it no, yes, it to. does have to because Janelle Monet puts out a, an unbelievable album, but it's, it's futuristic. It's future. It melds with what's happening at the moment, right? No, name me one artist that is, go to your iTunes top 10 albums and singles, which is pretty much the barometer of commercial music nowadays, and go through the last 12, 24, 36 months worth of music on there. Yeah, but I, I think you're missing, I'm not saying that Warners are going to get him a commercial thing like that. I'm just saying that, what they can provide him is access to yes. probably a higher level of planning See, publicity. Toad, yeah, Toad, or whatever it is. Me and Toad, I agree. we know what we're saying, and you're on a totally different thing about I, okay, no, no, he's not going to get commercial success just because he's back with Warners. I understand what, what you're saying. saying. But, okay, I understand what you're saying, but what is the end result of getting more exposure and a better promotion um, campaign? You know, what no, is really you don't the... know that until it happens. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Okay, what I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter. Well, how many, you know, how many albums has he released in the last 10 years since, like, Musicology and 3121 were the last ones that really had what I would consider, like, proper promotion. Yeah. So, you know, every album since then, everything he's done since then has always been like, oh, it's a little project, then it dies. You know, he does a little project and it dies. Does a little pro- oh, he's doing this now, he's doing that now. So I think Warners can give him access to, to whatever it is his project is that he's got planned to actually come up with a better... Uh, strategic plan for the year. And, you know, that, that, all I'm saying is that that is the kind of thing I can imagine that Warners can actually offer him that he might not be able to do on his own. Okay, and that's great, but I guess I'm always <laughs> looking for the upshot. Like, what's the upshot of all that? Okay, he gets a little bit more exposure, produces an album, great, 2015. 2016 comes around. What what real impact will that have, if any? That's Because I, 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 I'm not disagreeing with what you guys are saying. Yes, sh- sure, you would expect that. What is the end result? It's like the it's like you guys saying the result is, you know, if he goes on Ellen, he goes on Letterman, he goes on all those shows, he's going to sell more records. Who knows if that's two percent more records or twenty percent more records? Yeah, sure. But there will be a definite increase in that. He'll sell more tickets to shows once people realize he's still alive and still doing concerts. Okay, that's two huge benefits right there. I all mean, right. live shows is a huge income. You know, revenue raiser okay, for him. So, so Prince raises revenue. That's great. So, w- how does that? How is that good for us? That <laughs> doesn't make any difference. We, we get to Prince go to the shows, paid. but we get to go <laughs> go to the shows regardless. And plus, if those tours are sponsored, you know, that's even more. He gets money even in more his money. Pocket. Yes, that's fantastic. And we still keep slaving away and renting an apartment in some lonely suburb in Australia. <laughs> what difference does that make to my life? I thought the big thing was like, okay, he gets with Warners. What do I care if they do a big promotional thing? I, I care about the music. I want more product. I want access to videos. I yes, want priority And they will get that. that product out to you. Okay. Well, we'll no, see I'm about thinking that. thinking of that. <laughs> the deal ends for Prince is he gets the remasters back. The, the benefit for Warners is like they make their whole 
their whole industry thrives off back catalogue. You know, Fleetwood exactly. Mac, Eagles. Not his new album. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying, like, that's, that's probably what's in it for them. They don't care about the fans. Neither of them do. Mm. It's just what's in it for, for each other, and that's all the, that's all the, that's it. You know, like, I mean, like, look at Michael Jackson. Like, you know, they're flogging a dead artist five years after he's gone, and, you know, that's, that's making noise and charting. It's I think the um, the housequake.com Facebook page, are, you know, they're always asking these interesting questions and they asked a really good one the other day and I've been thinking about it and, you know, when you've got these artists, you know, passing away and they've got these outtakes and, you know, obviously that they never felt while they were alive that it was that they wanted those that songs those songs out. So, you know, are you actually encroaching on that person's will, so to speak, by releasing all this stuff that they probably didn't want to be released? It's like an interesting question. I think it's a pretty simple one to answer, though, don't you guys? I mean, I don't know. Is it, is it really a philosophical debate? I would, I'd think, like, if it was you, Toe Jam, right? It, wouldn't it be up to you to decide? It's kind of like a will. You know, what, what are they going to yeah. do with the house? Well, what are they going to do with Toe Jam? Oh, this is a bad yeah. example. Well, I, I guess, uh, you know, I wonder if they do put that stuff in, in, their, in their wills. I don't know. Well, this yeah. brings me back to that comment that Prince made. Was it, was it on The View? Mm. And he said something like, I'm not going to release them, but maybe somebody will when I'm gone. He, he said something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Something along those lines. That's the whole thing. I mean, he's got to have it like in his will or something that, you know, what's the, what's the deal? What is actually going to happen? Yeah. That there's no, um, hologram of Tony M performing with him. <laughs> when he's gone. It's, it's, uh, yeah, 2000 and, 52. <laughs> like, it's the uh, 60th anniversary of the 92 Diamonds and Pearls. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to hear... <laughs> the 70th. When, when Prince isn't here anymore, I don't want to hear, you know, some song which was pretty much just a vocal track with all new instrumentation by Questlove. I do not want to hear that because hmm. that's just not what I want to hear. I guess it, it depends on, on... Nothing against Questlove, what... but that's just not what I want to hear. Don't you guys think it would depend on, wanna... on the artist's intention? Like, it pretty much yeah. boils down to that. And if you're an artist of any stature or, or, or if you've got material that, that you know you may not release in your life, well, you should just make a decision on that and somehow... Well, I think a lot of the times in their wills, you know, someone, some, you know, like the, the estates or mm. so someone takes responsibility of mm. this of the estate, which would include all the outtakes and stuff. So. Yeah. Like with Hendrix, that's probably a good yeah, example. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. You know what? I reckon he'd be cool with with us listening to anything that he recorded. It just it depends. It just like depends. if it's released in its original configuration, or you know, if it's coming out with a new beat and then there's a rapper on it. I mean, like you know, Hendrix wouldn't have envisaged any of that. So it, well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to hear. It depends what they actually do with it. I don't want to hear some Prince track remixed with a rap by Will I Am. I mean, just shoot me. Yeah, in the yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> shoot. Me. I was. Oh. I was thinking something like, <laughs> I wasn't thinking oh. Prince. I was going to go. I don't want to hear some unreleased 68, 1968 jam with like Will I Am producing <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Like by Hendrix. But then you were like, you know, you mentioned Prince, and you're right. I don't even want to hear Prince remix his own out, <laughs> like the, you know, the extra lovable and stuff. I don't even want to hear it from him himself. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, an interesting release. Original, original tracks. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think. There's there's really no answer. It just depends on who you ask, right? Um, but yeah. but I let me put it this way: if if an if you knew that an artist didn't want you to hear any of the material and it was released, then it's all on you. Like then you're deciding whether you want to respect the artist or not. But I guess if an artist leaves their work to an estate and implies or or explicitly says you do with this as you please, then you're kind of it's like yeah. free get free rate, like you know yeah. There's a couple of interesting things there because he pulled the Black Album because whichever version of history you want to believe, one of them was he, he looked back at that album and thought that's an album full of evil and hate. He didn't want that thing to be the last thing. You know, if he died tomorrow, he didn't want that to be the last album that he put out. And so he did that and then you come to now and you can reasonably assume that after – Years and years and years and years of the fans asking to release stuff from the vault and his constant decision not to do that. I think you can reasonably assume that he doesn't want that stuff to come out or he would have released any of it, right? 
Is that too is that too much of a leap to make? Well, I think you no, after I, all the years we've been asking, you know, put this album out, Roadhouse Garden, whatever it is, or this track or that track, and he just keeps not doing it. I mean, he didn't. I say don't think it. it's because he doesn't want it released. Like most of the time when he's asked oh, in interviews, he what else says, well, most of the time he says he doesn't feel it's finished. Like he always says, I want to go back and finish it. Like I need to go back and fin- finish that stuff, and which he has done a few times. But ha- so how knows? long are you going to wait, though? Like, it, it, we, we don't live forever. And when you get to a stage where where it's obvious that a lot of the material isn't going to be released, then you've kind of made the decision and you're saying, okay, this isn't going to come out. I've, you know, like, you know, Prince is 56 at the moment, right? Okay, time is a trick, whatever. But by the time he's, you know, if he's lucky enough to live to 86 or whatever the case is, he's not going to be, and he hasn't released that material by then. You know, with every year... Not only do fans miss out on an opportunity to hear the material, but he misses out on, while he's alive, interacting with the response from those fans. And now, well, I don't know. You can always argue he has zero interest in interacting with the fans. Potentially. But it's like, I remember this thing when this, this not quote, but really a response to an interview question that someone asked Frank Zappa when he was gravely ill and just before he passed away. They said to him, and it was quite of a morbid interview of, under the circumstances, but someone asked him, oh, Frank, you know, you've achieved so much and, and huge discography is so influential. How do you want to be remembered? And I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something along the lines of, how is that even important? Like, how is that relevant? Or who wants to be remembered? Mm-hmm. Why, I, I don't have such an ego on my on myself that I, that I think about how I'm going to be remembered after I'm gone. After I'm gone, who cares? And I kind of see a lot of logic in what Zappa said. And in fact, I agree with him almost wholeheartedly. It's like when, when we're all dead and gone, they didn't bury Who cares? I mean, sure, you can enjoy things, but when you're not around, what do you care about how people think? think of? And maybe that's, you know what? Maybe that's what Prince is thinking without going too deep into the topic. Well, no, that maybe brings me back to what I said thinking. before. You know, if, if he cancelled the Black Album because he didn't want that to be the last thing released, then on the view he says, you know, that, that stuff, paraphrasing again, that stuff might be released when I'm not around anymore, which means maybe when he's not around anymore, he doesn't care what comes out. Yeah, maybe he's like, I don't want to release all this risque material. I don't want to deal with all the backlash, potential backlash, or I don't want to hear people's reactions. I don't want to put this unfinished product out there. But you know what? When I'm not around? When I'm not around, when I'm gone, what do I care? They can do what they like with it. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Anyway, so off topic. Remasters. The remasters thing was, you heard it here first on this show. That's right. And it was 30 years, not 35. Like That's all right. the rumours and innuendo. Yeah, when, Actually, when, yeah, that is a good point. When we came out and said, you know, he, he was getting them back in 30, after 30 years, everyone's like, no, nah, no, nah, that's not the law. That's not, no, nah, no, 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 that's not right. <laughs> and we're like, well, that's what he said. That's all we've got. And look what happens. 30 years. We win. <laughs> was Peach and Black right or was Peach and Black right? He's not going to get it back at 30 years. It's 35. Why are they going to make a special exception for him? That's the law. Well, there you go. He got him back after 30 years, just like we said. Ha <laughs> Remasters, yeah. The best thing we can all hope for is that Bernie Grundman comes back and does the remasters. He did those three or four albums on vinyl, and they were great. Just get Bernie back. That's all you got to do. The worst thing is if that mascot bear gets his hands on the remasters. Forget it. It's all over. It'll just, it'll just blast it all to the wall, redline everything. If the breakdown is any indication of what we can look forward to, just forget it. Just lock it up in the vault, forget the code, walk away. <laughs> chuck, a, chuck, a, chuck a bomb behind you and just slowly walk towards the camera. That's all you got to do. <laughs> okay, which, what, what really needs to be remastered? How about that? All of it. <laughs> See, I don't. I, again, I, I don't. Know, I don't know that I agree there. Like, there's plenty well, of. Well, the first say, two albums sound pretty good, which is strange. It's like the earliest recordings, and they sound pretty damn good. It is weird how, yeah, some of the later albums sound way worse. Mm. Okay, let's go for you. Does it need to be remastered? Not really. No, not really. So, I, I think so. Yes, I actually think so. Before you. Okay. We're not going to album by album, are we? Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, let's just say. Let's just say the worst few. Sign of the Times has to be done. Love, sexy has to be done. 1999 has to be done. Black Album has to be done. Black Album Black Album sounds pretty good. Around the World in a Day and has Pride. to be done. And Parade yeah. sounds good, but it can yeah. sound better. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> but I mean, Graffiti Bridge Onward sounds pretty good. Diamonds and Pearls, 
actually sounds worse than Graffiti Bridge to me for some reason. But none, of, yeah, none of those albums sound bad though. Those last few mm, that you've uh, mentioned, yeah. I, I don't even know that Purple Rain needs that much of a remaster. I mean, sure, it might. Yeah, it, it sounds, sounds, pretty, it sounds good. pretty good. What you was, yeah. I was thinking about. Yeah, that. Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, in terms of like, like sonic quality, like it, 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 it sounds better engineered wise or. How can I say? Like, well, it sounds, actual, it sounds better than Sign of the Times. It sounds better than Love Sex. Yeah, it yeah. sounds better than Around yeah. the World a Day. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like those albums. So that's the thing. Need how more. much? How much more can they do to it other than do the what's they? What do they call it? The wall, wall of sound blasting. Yeah, they'll just they blast it? it, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all they'll do. Uh, hey, but if you want a Purple Rain remaster, open it in Audacity, boost it till it's lost all the till it's all clipped, and there you go. Export done. The unfortunate thing is that Warner Brothers have to do that because the music industry is playing that game at the moment. If it's not all up to the into the red zone, then the people ain't going to listen to it. They're not going to buy it. Purple Rain still sounds great, which is amazing considered some of it was recorded like in a warehouse and in a barn, and it's pretty crazy how good it sounds. But that's the first one that's going to come out. Like I I don't even, I'm not, I don't even know. I'm keen on buying a remastered version if it comes out on CD, for example, or digital. Well, file. Why, why do I need Purple Rain remaster? I don't know if remastering is going to do anything with that one because, because, like you said, it was recorded in a warehouse. How good? And can there's it probably be? a lot of bleeding yeah. going on. Like exactly, how good can it be? It's just a whole lot of hype by the industry trying to sell more product of the same. Yeah. It's like you know, he doesn't have to do anything. Oh, here's the album remastered. <laughs> Go mm. buy that. It's like so. It's just the loudness war. They just turn everything up. I really hope not. Well, pretty much. It, it could be. Yeah, I mean, it it be it. How, how many of us are going to buy the remastered version of Purple Rain? Hands. I will Show buy it hands. anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy it. Of course I'll buy it. This is what I've got to say yeah. about Purple Rain. You know, the remastered deluxe edition, whatever it's going to be. All I can say is that Prince has to do this right. Because let's face it, your average music fan is not going to pay cash money just to buy a remaster of an album they've probably already got. Yes, a lot of the hardcores will buy it, but even not all of them will buy it because if if it's all it's going to be is just the album remastered, then I think a lot of people wouldn't even buy it. But to guarantee like maximum sales, it has to be the remaster plus a bunch of outtakes or alternate versions, whatever it's going to be, a live concert or something that hasn't been available before. Otherwise, I don't know if even I will you know, part with cash just to have a remaster of the album itself. There has to be something else in it for me to spend that money. So he, you know, he's got to do it right or he's just, again, just shooting himself in the foot like he's done so many times before. I mean, I'm quite happy with the quality of the current version I have. I'm sure there'll be something. There'll be, there'll be some little extra little tease in there. There That was my question. What do you want to see and what do you think it will be or, or, or what? Don't you want to see on it? I reckon it's just going to be a two CD set. It'll be the album remastered, and either the second disc is either going to be. It could be one of three things. It could be outtakes, which I think is unlikely. It could be yep. something live, which I think is unlikely. I reckon the most yep. likely is going to be B sides. That's my guess. Or and twelve inches. Yeah, extended yeah. versions. That's what I reckon. Yeah. Actually, what if it's a good guess? I think might be like the remastered album, and then like. Purple Rain Live 85 DVD. Which hasn't been put on DVD before. That, it's only on exactly. VHS. Interesting. Yeah, yeah so that, that could be something mm. they're doing. Who knows? So what would you like to see? What would you like it to be like? I'd go for the outtakes if, if I had the like choice. Going all out, yeah. Outtakes. That'd be it. That's my vote. I'd like to see a Purple Rain album with the full length of all the songs. Like, you know, Let's Go Crazy is like... So the album is all the extended versions, but not not the extended versions, but the, the full-length versions, because a lot of the album is, are edits. True, yeah, true. That's right. Um, so that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. Plus, I've always wanted to see an album that has all the songs from the movie on the one disc. So you have yeah. Modern Air, the you Modern have Airs, Sex Shooter. Apollonia. Um, so, yeah, all of that on one disc. Time, yeah. Yeah, I'd like that too. In remastered quality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the remastering, the way they do it is very important. They can't just have loudness war. They've got to do it right. Save us, Bernie. Save us. Save us all. <laughs> if we're talking about just the album Purple Rain, more interesting than the Purple Rain remaster, which I think is really not a big deal, to me, releasing another album, like a new album, at the same time or right after re-releasing the 30th anniversary of Purple Rain is more intriguing to me. And I think it's it's actually quite silly. 
anything you release along with Purple Rain, the album, is going to, pa- I don't want to say pale in comparison, but it's not going to have the same, number one, commercial impact, impact cultural impact, and also it's just going to be too much material, I think. You know, I, don't know. I think they could, it'd be a bit of double promotion for both. Like it could be a double pack thing where you get Purple Rain <laughs> plus the new Prince album. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think he'd. I don't think he'd do it. No, yeah. it could be. It could be an incentive. So the people who couldn't maybe not worry about the remaster might be interested in the album. The people who might not be interested in the album but would be interested. You know, it's a double, yeah, double edged sword thing. Clever way of getting a lot of sales for a, your new album, pretty much. Yeah, and he'll claim that as oh look, Plectrum Electrum got to number one on the charts, <laughs> <laughs> and it stayed there for thirty weeks. <laughs> Packed with the 30th anniversary. It's like, it's like those commercials. Packed with the 30th anniversary remaster version of Purple Rain. Yeah. Yeah. All, all conditions will apply. I don't, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think there's any chance that he would do that, that he would put the new album with Purple Rain. I mean, prove, I you, prove me chance. wrong, but I don't I think, it's think a good I don't chance. see it. Oh, that would no. be, to me, that would be disastrous. Putting, putting a new album after a four-year wait with a 30th anniversary that's exactly the kind of thing Prince likes to do exactly <laughs> I agree but if he does that it'd be terrible it, it, to me that would well, be like you know what you're not this saying isn't... Prince is going to make a bad <laughs> decision of course I am <laughs> <laughs> no but it would be a good it, w- it would be a bad artistic decision it would yeah, be a good, good commercial decision yeah. bad artistic decision yeah because in his mind he thinks that this material stacks up with Purple Rain mm. if he was going to release it together no I see I and think it, the opposite you think it doesn't sack up, and that's what he's trying to get help him. Why else would you do it? If I, if it was me, right, and I'm releasing Purple Rain 30th anniversary in June 2000 or July 2014, I'm gonna let that happen, and then use that momentum while I'm while my name's out there to go and guess what, folks? You know, a couple months later, I'm <laughs> dropping a new album. Here it is, and it stands alone. My new album stands alone. It doesn't need the the hype of the purple, you know, the, the, the twin oh, pack. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. If he pack, if he puts that album together, that's a sure sign that says, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent confident in this new material. I don't think it's actually that great. So I'm going to pack it with a, you know, a two for one deal. But yeah, but he's not, he's not bundling it with like news. It's not like some sort of obscure instrumental album or something. It's, you know, it'll probably have some, decent songs on there like breakdown we'll get to that here's another interesting thing though about the remasters prince and warner brothers are going to make a lot of money on these and uh, not in like dollar amounts but in percentages you know it's 2014 the majority of these purchases will be digital right yeah so let's just throw a number out there let's yeah. just say 80 percent, just for fun that's it's, a, it's it's all going to be through iTunes or whatever digital platform they want to use, you know, which have minimal costs to run, as opposed to printing CDs and printing vinyl and then shipping them out to all the stores and all that. All that costs a lot of money. Now, the majority of the cash with all this digital sales, that's straight to Prince and Warners. They're going to make a lot more money now than if this happened ten years ago. Yeah, and no physical product. Really, that's it's the just thing. a digital download. I mean, they'll likely, I mean, they're going to make less money on the physical items on CDs and vinyl because that costs money to produce and distribute and get it out there. And and then even the record stores have got their markup. So that's just all, just think about record companies, they've slowly adapted to the way things are now with the internet. And I have no clue, but I'm guessing they definitely prefer digital sales than physical product since there's, there's, they make more money Mm. on digital product. You know, it's a lot cheaper to just Good point. Ch- to store stuff on a massive server than go through the thing, go to the CD plant and print all the CDs and print records. That all costs way more than just sticking it on a website, right? Th- th- yeah. I reckon this could be one reason why he waited. Because if, if 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 this was ten years ago, the the um, the percentage of money that both Prince and Warners would have made would have been a lot less because there wasn't any digital. Oh well, ten years ago maybe, say fifteen years ago. You know, they're going to make a lot more money now than they would have a while ago. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's all a game of numbers. Do we want to rev up Captain a bit and talk about the breakdown? <laughs> the breakdown. Oh. Fall in love tonight and breakdown. No. The songs from this year. No, no, no. Captain, the song's great, Captain. right? Captain, you, you like the song, but you hate the production. I won't say I like the song. 
I hate the mastering. It is one of the worst quality released mastering that I've ever heard from a Prince track in the entire Prince history. It's horrible. I, I just can't enjoy the song at all because it sounds so bad. There's just no dynamics at all. It's just all just blasted. It's horrible. So I, I can't even make any comment on the song. It's It just sounds so bad to me. But go ahead. I personally would- think it's a good song with bad mixing, but I also think it's a, a greatly missed opportunity because, you know, if it was a, with a proper release with a video and everything, it would do a lot better. But because it was released already, you know, you get the usual two or three days of hype online and then it just dies out. I think... You know, unless he does another Breakfast Can Wait and release it like a second time, I think, and that's going to be a bit of a hurdle. But um, I think it's it's a missed opportunity. Very good song with bad mixing, with bad promotion. I think another missed opportunity. That's that's my take on it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a brilliant song. Probably one of the best in recent years. And I agree with Captain that the mastering is just disappointing. And yeah, it might be a bit of a missed opportunity. But that said... Who knows, you know, I think that was just a little bit of a, a scrap thrown to, you know, to sort of help promo the Warner's deal. So it'll probably be on, be on the album. And who knows, maybe there is a video coming or something. So. It'd be incredible if yep. it was just a scrap. I mean, it, it is a, I think it's a fantastic track. Yeah. The but vocals like, towards the end, just unbelievable. In its incarnation that it's been released, like it's practically the whole song. What's really in it for anyone to, to continue to buy it again or get it again you know a second time round unless it's different either in its production or in its do you know what i'm saying yeah well there could be a video or something who knows yeah i mean it makes sense if it if it's a typical single release as in no what i'm saying is right okay it's already been out on itunes the prince fans out there have bought it right done let's say a couple months later he releases a video who's going to buy it then the prince fans have already bought it it's assuming that it's the same version with the same mix. What's the What's the point, kind of? Is that what you're saying? Like, what's the incentive for for, for buying it again? Exactly. Yeah. Like, for example, let's say like Breakfast Can Wait. He released that. It was a free release, I think, from memory, and the first time initially, then, like, but then it became pay. Yeah, yeah, to pay for it. Right, and then yeah, and then eight months later, he releases it with a video. <laughs> Who who bought it the second time? No one. The only reason I got it was there was a remixes, and I only bought that really for like being a completist. That was my only incentive of buying it. It was it wasn't it sure hell wasn't for the Josh Welton remixes. <laughs> so you know, unless there's something else that's coming with it, which you know it's a it's a ballad song. It's not like they're going to put out the breakdown dance remix. You know, oh, like, you never know. I think it's, <laughs> you never know. Oh, that would break, be it, break it down. <laughs> <laughs> But do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think <laughs> you keep breaking me down, 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 down. Take you to the breakdown, y'all. <laughs> MC, tell us about falling in love tonight. <laughs> Your favorite song. Oh, that's right. Can you guys believe that this is the first time that anyone other than Prince has produced a, a song in over 30 years? <laughs> The man's had a career. It's thirty-five years long. This is incredible. I can't believe. I can't believe people are making as much noise about. Th- I'm walking up to complete strangers, <laughs> telling them about this news. This is bigger than the Warner Brothers deal for me. Sole credit. Sole producing credit. Sole producing credit. The first time in the history of Prince's discography where this has happened on a new single release out of this world. I mean, what's going to happen next? A whole album produced by Josh. It's- yeah, it's the first time that's ever credited. in history. This is what today's show should be about. It should be about that moment. Like, no one in, in the entire world, and I'm surprised because no one on Prince.org or any of the other forums, not a single person other than me has made <laughs> the actual point. How is that possible? It's possible because the song's so rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> and no one's heard it. But but it's still a, a monumental... I don't think it is. I think it's... I think it is. I'm a man of principles. <laughs> <laughs> that this is I don't symbolic. think it's any more I don't think it's any more produced than say Kirky J's production on the Emancipation album. But Kirky J never received sole production credit for a song. No, but that's what I'm saying. Whether he received credit or not. Didn't he? I don't think it's But that's not the point. The point is that Prince has spent his entire career since nineteen seventy eight always giving himself sole production credit. And then in two thousand and fourteen, thirty six years after his first album, 
he actually, for the first time in his entire career, <laughs> gives sole production credit to Josh Welton. <laughs> How was that possible? How did that happen? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand. For a guy who doesn't want to give up any control, he doesn't want to give up any part of his mystique about the produce, compose, arrange, and perform by, and all the all that kind of you know yada yada yada. Maybe he's looking for someone to blame. So <laughs> he has a, it's, a, it's his escape clause in case yes. the fans, you know. <laughs> I have a bit of a, a guilty conscience about this song because it's so cliched, but I actually kind of like it. And when it comes on, I end up listening to it and, and bobbing my head. Yeah, but you say that about all the top 40 dance hits, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's totally another missed opportunity again. Because if he had had that song up on the night that the show was broadcast, yeah, he would have sold a crapload more. Instead, it Plus, comes out like three weeks later or something. I am torn on that song for Me Love too. Tonight. You are? Because I'm torn because it's completely formulaic. It's completely cheesy. You know what's going to happen even the first yeah. time you listen to it. You know what's coming up ten seconds later. Yeah, yeah. And and yet every time it comes on, I actually enjoy it. Which is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm, I'm like for those too. reasons because of the predictability. Yeah. But that's why I don't like it. Because, like, you know, you listen to all these other releases and he has, you know, all these different, you know, where he changes musical direction halfway through the song and all that. Whereas this, it doesn't have any of that. It just, it's just by the numbers and, you know, it's just yeah, like, no, nah, so it doesn't feel to me. So is Little Red Corvette. It's the most predictable pop song ever. Oh, I don't first know. First chorus, first chorus, bridge. No, but the melody, the, yeah. you know. But the melody is really interesting, though. the The way the melody moves is interesting. Mm, I like it, and it tells a story. I don't see that having any place on an album that also has the breakdown. But who knows? I mean, that would that would really put a damper on the album. I think. I, look, falling in love tonight, in my opinion, is not a bad track, but it's it's one of those songs that I it's, would feel embarrassed listening to in my car with my windows open what would be embarrassing for me is if that song like really blew up like really big time <laughs> you know you know people know you as a prince fan or whatever <laughs> and they like they go is this you know is this the stuff you listen to so, <laughs> thinking that that like all these releases are like that sort of thing do you know what i mean exactly i know exactly what you mean because that's how i feel <laughs> It's weird, like it's, but it's the first thirty seconds that, that really ruin it for me because then it gets into it, it's some cool parts and there's an, that cool synth line. It sounds like it's like it's what is it called, pitch bending or something? I don't know. Some weird stuff happening. Yeah. And then it's got the horns and what sounds like Claire Fisher strings out of the vault. It, the song really becomes almost like a chic disc disco workout. Yeah, it's nineteen seventy seven. No. Yeah, for no. sure. No yeah. way. But no, I'm not saying it's as good as chic. You know. Prime Sheik songs, but I'm just saying there's, there's an element, there's a hint of it. But the first 30 seconds, it's like, don't you want to fall in love tonight? That's <laughs> oh, terrible. That's really bad. It's so cheesy. I mean, what is a guy like that thinking? And this is, I guess it's the, the reason why we are such big fans is because he's so contradictory, but this is not one. It's those moments. You just really grit your teeth, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like the, the lyrics themselves as well, they're really bad. It's almost like, you know, he couldn't find, like, in, especially in the chorus part, like, the lyrics to fill in there. Like, where he says, don't, and she goes, don't, don't you want to, don't you want to, you know, like, oh, it's just so like, bad. it's really bad. You know what it's like? It's like Prince doing a Prince cover. It's like he, it's like he's like, okay, I'm going to write a song, and it's going to be a song, uh, it's going to be a Prince song. So I'm going to use all the things that, you know, Prince would use in making this sort of song. And I'm going to use all the little hooks and all the little things that he does. I'm sure that's how he would have gone about it. Because it's exactly what it is. It's a total rip-off of Prince. But, you know, to the extreme, like, you know, it's so cheesy and it's absolute Prince cheese. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 oh, that's, that's yeah. the part. Keyboards, <laughs> that keyboard rhythm is so generic. Like, it is. That, that keyboard part was not in the song. It would be a much better song. And the first just, seconds. <laughs> But yeah, because that song was sort of based into the storyline of the of the show, mm. and then as soon as that episode ended, the next day it was what was on iTunes was Pretzel Body Logic, kind of bizarre. Right. And then it got, and then what was oh well, it? It, it should have just called it Six Prince Logic. It was Prince Logic. Let's put this show, <laughs> this song, in a TV show and put a totally different song on iTunes later. Yeah, mm. that's logic. 
Pretzel Body Logic. Yeah, there's there's worse lyrics. That Pretzel <laughs> Pretzel Body Logic musically is awesome. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but the lyrics are terrible. Can someone just mute the vocals? <laughs> yeah, it'd be it'd be a hundred times better. It hit me what that song's actually about. It's about being sleepy. Oh God! So that that's what we've come to. Pretzel Body Logic is a song about being tired. <laughs> Listen to it. No, no, thanks. I, we both refuse. It's a it's a tiring listen with those lyrics intact. In yeah, I, that's another track. I think I listened to just like the breakdown. <laughs> I think I listened to it once. Potentially the most throwaway lyrics I think he's ever done. I mean, I just listened uh, to the start of it and it, it was just shouting, and I'm like, I don't need to hear the rest of this. That's as far as I got. Like probably twenty twenty seconds into it, I'm like, that's enough. Now we're too sleepy to get the gun. <laughs> we do you think the Third Eye Girl album will ever get a release? Uh, do I care? <laughs> I uh, think it's like with with every day that passes, it, it becomes less and less possible. If you've got the 30th anniversary Purple Rain, and then potentially a, a non Third Eye Girl Prince album, it's unlikely to come out this year, right? Like these guys are performing, touring with the songs. They're releasing a good majority of the songs online. They've, they've talked about put, it in the press heaps of times. Yeah, and they've put the vinyl pictures online. So, like, it exists. Oh, here's something we haven't talked about yet. The possibility of a Prince and the Revolution reunion concert show. I'd like to see a new album, new material, Prince and the Revolution, pick up 2014 style, where they're at today. No reminiscing, no greatest hits tours, none Mm. of that. All new. Just an album, all new instrumentation. You're going to pick up where they left off or where they are today. You're going to get a lot of long, atmospheric passages from Wendy and Lisa, that's for sure. Hey, did you see the Essence article from recently? It's a, a, yeah, okay. another little diss. Another, it? yeah, at the Revolution saying that they're not as sort of, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, not as sort of flexible musically as is his current MPG band. The uh, impression I got from reading, or like reading the, the text was like, you know, he could sort of throw more things at the current MPG band and, you know, he could get it out of them. Whereas if you did the same thing with the Re- Revolution, they're sort of a bit more one-dimensional sort of thing. Hmm. It's a kind of another little this, which I don't really agree with. I mean, like if you take Donna Hanna, especially those two, maybe not Eda, but those two, I mean, they, he sort of worked them, really trained them from the ground up to, to what they are now. I don't see why the revolution with 30 years plus experience couldn't do the same or if not have that experience. Well, the thing is, back then, that wasn't what he was doing. You're saying they were doing more sort of pre-rehearsed shows or yes, pre-rehearsed? Yes, I'm sure if if he wanted to go in that direction with them back then, they could have easily followed. Mm. Just because he didn't do it and now, and then, now how can you say, oh, well, they, they didn't do this. Well, you were the boss. You were the guy in, yeah. char- in charge of it all. If you wanted to do it, you could have done it. Yeah, but you look at some of the old Revolution um, videos, well, not video, like like live stuff, like the um, release stuff. I'm talking about Syracuse or whatever. Mm. You, you look at the you look at the way that Prince, like especially the hand gestures, which he never does anymore. But the hand gestures, you know, he'd hold up like you know certain fingers and hands and stuff, and they they would like get on it. They know when to start, when to stop, all that. But he doesn't do that anymore. He, he like okay, the the actual songs are sort of spontaneous he might say oh we're doing this song tonight or whatever but like i think a revolution on like on uh sort of split second demand can can do it a lot better because he, he doesn't do those sort of hand gestures or anything anymore like the way he did he still does things though like glares he does yeah pretty much <laughs> like you know when it's time for donna solo he'll just he'll do the glare and off at solo time <laughs> That's that's right. It's more just it's just eyes now. It's those Bella Lugosi eyes. And she'll do the hammer thing, you know. She'll do the hammer guitar solo thing. Yeah. <laughs> Someone pointed out uh, all those daughters solo sound the same. I thought I listened. I'm like, yeah, they kind of do actually. <laughs> Who was that? I I can't remember. I read it somewhere saying. Who Donna? You know, Donna's solos sound the same. Yeah, they do. And I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, they they kind of do. <laughs> But I, I'm being meanie. I shouldn't complain. Anyway, back to this reunion. Would you go and see it? If they, if they were doing one show in Sydney and it was Prince and the Revolution and it was, what, 
150 bucks, would you go? Kind of a moot point, isn't it, Captain? I think all of us would go if it was in Sydney because you'd go just to probably to see Prince live in concert. <laughs> so if he's there, you'd go. Okay, fine. <laughs> You're a classic. But, but imagine that. Imagine you know, it would sell out in two seconds. Prince and the Revolution playing the full Purple Rain album plus a few other songs. That would just be crazy. You know, you know what I would rather see? I'd pay money to see Prince and the Revolution play... Plectum Electrum from front to back, live. Oh, that just sounds That's awful to me. <laughs> and then and then Third Eye Girl coming out the next night playing Purple Rain from front to back and seeing uh, how that sounds. See, that's how, many beers, to how many beers have you had tonight? <laughs> I don't believe I have to discuss that. Uh, <laughs> the thing is that who wants to see Prince and the Revolution again? It, it was done 30 years ago, and it was that was it. Like That was at their peak. What are they going to bring now? You so just, you just asked the question, who would want to see that? The answer is all the people who weren't there 30 years ago, which is <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, but it's like, I would like I to get a one-off, a one-off show, a one-off First Avenue, like MC said earlier, get it over and done with, play Purple Rainers and as, you know, part of the celebration over the 30 year anniversary and all this and then get it over and done with, but I wouldn't want to see it as a tour. Oh no, it would be awful. <laughs> but even just when the revolution have, you know, every couple of years they do a reunion show, like they did Bobby Z's one, and they've done like a family jam a couple of times. But the prob they always make the same mistake, and that is someone asks the question, "Is Prince is Prince going to make an appearance?" <laughs> and they always say something like, "You know, the, do- so. the, the door's yeah. always open. Always he's, he's always welcome. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Stuff like that." And that's that's the same mistake they that's the misstep they take every time. Just and then they ask Prince, and he's always like, well, if the glove fits. <laughs> it's what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, what is it? Is if the, the, uh, the bra fits. <laughs> you know, the Kevin Smith. Did you see that Kevin Smith? Oh, yeah. Where, like, every time he asks Prince a question, he gives him some cryptic answer, and he's like, yeah. what the hell does that mean? But straight up, they set up that expectation every time, and it just it just makes it, like, awkward somehow. Because people go there expecting, oh, he might come, he might come. And then you're not just enjoying the show for what it is, because that's always in your brain. I just straight up, I wish I'd say, this is a revolution show, Prince is not coming, the end. That's it. (laughs) Why why can't they do that? It's three weeks later, they still wouldn't have sold out, that's why. (laughs) No, I mean, they're they're not going to try and play the Staples Centre or something. They're not playing stadiums, they're going to play a small venue. They'll easily sell it out. You know, I don't think they've got tickets on themselves. I don't think they're going to sell out some massive venue without using Prince's name. They know what they are, and they could easily sell out First Avenue. How many people do you think would, like, imagine the revolution without Prince played it at the basement or somewhere in Sydney? How many people do you think would turn up? It would be, like, maybe, like, you know... They'd sell it fan out. Base would they would be, sell it out. Yeah, yeah. But their fan base would be like Larry Graham. Like, it's respectable, but it wouldn't be like... I just like the fact that they, they actually come together as a band and just play as a band and they don't get in a substitute singer like In Excess to or yeah. whoever. Or Queen. Queen. Yeah. You know what we didn't talk about yet is this, this UK tour which is happening right now. Electric In Oh, yes. He Ooh, played... What did you say, player? <laughs> Am I allowed to say it? <laughs> yeah, there's some new yeah, no, song. You're not allowed to say it, but it's allowed to be in our show notes in the full <laughs> version. Yeah, and yeah. I, I heard there's some new song he, he's playing. It's called Electric. Electric, Electric? <laughs> electric Dreams. It's Plectrum Electric. Yeah, it's not a good sign for remasters, though. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, what's he going to do? Is he going to screw it up? I wonder if Captain's premonition actually comes true. Well, you know what I think? I think he's playing it at these London shows making... or the UK shows making people think that it's going to be on the upcoming thing. I mean, it won't be. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you see in that Essence interview magazine, like he interviewed Nile Rogers, and they're getting together at the Essence Festival? Oh, I haven't even read that. That'll be interesting. MC, you know you're talking about guest stars and stuff. You know, if them, if those two are talking, mm. you know, they, he ends up on the next album. That'd be, that'd be sensational. That, imagine, that would be pretty good. Imagine. And then you get Pharrell to produce it. Oh, you know, that would be rhythm, rhythm guitar heaven. I uh, would be. Contribute. Uh, yeah, but what's the end result? What are Warner's going to do for him? That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that matters. It'll bomb. It'll, bomb. <laughs> It'll be a bomb, no matter who's on it. <laughs> hmm. But speaking of Pharrell, 
Howard recently interviewed Pharrell Williams on his show, and he mentioned something about you know all the success Pharrell's had, and then and then he chimed in, you know Pharrell Prince is someone that could really use you you know your um, having you in the studio, you know I could just imagine you producing him, and Pharrell's reply was interesting. He said, "I don't think he needs me." Like he doesn't need me. He's so self-sufficient. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like oh, he's so self-sufficient. He's this guy who just goes in and does his own thing, and he's been doing it his entire career, outside of the fact that he's been produced by Joshua Welton recently. Um, <laughs> and so that's my comment, not not for else. And and he, that's basically what he said. He said, "Look, I would love the chance to work with him. I would I would relish the opportunity, but don't think it's going to happen." And you know. He doesn't need me. He's one of those genius freaks who just does everything himself. So he kind of ain't going to happen. But do you think that's an honest answer, or or do you think that's an answer that Prince is meant to hear and then go, oh, he thinks I'm a genius? Yeah, I could do something with him. <laughs> I don't know. The next, I'm the telling you now that <laughs> the next Pharrell song comes out and it starts with, anyone want to fall in love tonight? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's Pharrell doing the the part that Zoe does. <laughs> Chris is like, you sing on this. You just just sing, follow that line, and sing that line. <laughs> That's good. In the Paisley Park after dark, apparently he played a new track called "Shut It Down" or "Shut Him Down" or something. I don't think it's the Public Enemy song. It's apparently it sounds like Third Eye Girl song, like one of the songs from that. A lot of these titles are a bit funny as well, aren't they? I mean, yeah. "Shut It Down," really. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely does that with uh, Falling in Love Tonight. Yeah, it's like uh, everything's becoming so... The the thing I used to love a lot about Prince maybe a a little while ago was the ambiguity and kind of... He wasn't literal. He wasn't always literal. Now everything's like literal. It's like, I'm giving you funk and I'm giving you roll. I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to party all night. (laughs) It's like, it's just a little odd. I'm going to party yeah. all night, which means two more songs and I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the I'm going all night. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play all night. Is there a curfew in this place? Imagine the, the limo, limo driver. It's the limo driver's queue. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's the limo driver's queue. Oh, there's my queue. <laughs> <laughs> you really need to fix your life up, but I'm going to fall in love tonight. It's like, yeah. where did, you know, where did the creativity, where did the... Uh, where did the housequake go? Uh, Wait, exactly. Uh, but, you know, everyone's got to evolve, I guess. Devolve. <laughs> Prince and the devolution. <laughs> <laughs> He's been devolving for a few years now. Okay, so as we wind up this uh, latest show, latest edition of the Pick and Black Podcast, I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your constant interest in our constant interest in everything related to Prince's music and really music in general because we're kind of expanding our approach here and we hope to be running the show for a little while longer. So we've got album reviews coming up. I'm sure we're going to get even heavier and even deeper into the 30th anniversary of Purple Rain when it's released and Prince's as yet untitled album that will hopefully be released later in 2014 as predicted by MC about three or four years ago on this very show. <laughs> and the other thing we should we should say is that on this very show in our October 2010 edition after we spoke to the man himself, sat down with Prince Rogers Nelson, you heard about the remasters first on Peach <laughs> and Black. Yeah, go back, go back and listen to that. <laughs> As Captain and Player graciously reminded me earlier today, it was us who mentioned that first. I remember even when we spoke to um, Jason Draper, the author of Chaos, Disorder, and Revolution, a, a cool Prince book that you should all check out. Even even he mentioned that he was he, he just missed out by a week. Uh, <laughs> and he was going to mention that pivotal moment in Prince's history, Peach and Black interview that happened in New York in late 2010. And it was it was it was during that conversation. Just for anyone who hasn't heard the show, where Prince sat down in front of myself and Captain, who were the lucky two on that evening, and basically told us, "Look, I've got my albums back. It's all been negotiated. I didn't have to wait the 35 years. It's just 30, and I negotiated all this." other cool stuff and there's deluxe editions that will be coming up and they'll be remastered i've already had them remastered all this sort of good stuff we were we were there it all happened (laughs) and it all happened and we told you so listeners 
we told you it was going to be, you know, all we do on Peach and Black, on the Peach and Black show is talk the truth. <laughs> it might sound like a that's T R O F. Yeah, that's right, true. <laughs> I mean, you know, even though uh, this was a news episode, there's probably a load of things that we forgot to mention, and half the things we did mention are probably wrong. So, yeah, or only the truth. <laughs> the things that we get wrong, they just haven't come to pass yet. That's right. Yeah, you've got to be patient. <laughs> See, eventually, everything that Peach and Black talk about will come true. 2010 Deluxe is on its way. <laughs> Okay, so with that... When we put out that show, when we talked to Prince, and we said, the remasters are coming, 30 years, he's got them back, and everyone said, oh, there were a few people who were like, yay, that'll be great if it happens, and then most of the people are like, no, nah, that's not that's not right, it's 35, that's the law. And so many people kept saying that, that I just ended up thinking, well, maybe it is 35. <laughs> maybe we just imagined it all, maybe something went wrong. But we were right after all, so I'm happy about that. I mean, I started believing everyone else going, no, it's not, even though he told us to our face. So many Speaking people... Speaking of imagining things, I, I wish I imagined that, that darn bucket fiasco <laughs> <laughs> actually came to pass. That was a true event. It was. Yeah. <laughs> we need to recreate that somewhere sometime. That'd be great. We should. <laughs> we passed that bucket of... of of American dollar bills around faster than you could, you know, blink at. It was hilarious. Oh, how embarrassment is all I can say. <laughs> to quote Effie, for anyone who knows. <laughs> all right. Oh, cool. any, any shout-outs? Anybody? No? Anyone? Shout-out to Larry Graham. Oh, yeah. Shout-out to Larry Graham's thumb. How oh, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, that's a show. Last of all, this is the dream I had last night. No. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. You are a bastard. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to get you for that. Oh, we are so coming after you. It's not funny. Isn't yeah, your head will be blown start? off now. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the best gonna... start to a news episode? Yeah, for the listeners, not for people us. are gonna die. <laughs> oh man! Here's an idea for I, you, Captain. And, Never do and then that I thought, I'll again, ask you guys. <laughs> Good stuff. Good so you. then we do the music, and now you can do your normal hello, hello. <laughs> I'm so demotivated now. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh, man. So none of that is true, obviously. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah, anything could be possible. Oh, God. He was dreaming when he wrote this. I thought exactly when he thought of it. When you said, like, to commemorate the 30th anniversary, I was that was when the first moment where I was like, okay. When you said World Tour Australia, I'm like, okay, you're kidding me. You bastard. <laughs> I thought it was a prank. I, th- I thought this is a prank that someone sent you. Well, I got excited oh, because when he's like, don't worry who's captain. an email. Yeah, don't worry who it's yeah. from. I was like, it's <laughs> <laughs> an actual thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hello, hello, hello. hello. <laughs>